Hello and welcome to Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships in popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Carrie Clark, she, her pronouns, the youth educator and advocate Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Often young people are expected to just know how to be in relationships in healthy and equal ways, but no one is born knowing that information. We learn through the examples of relationships given to us, and one place we see these examples is in the media we consume. That's why this show uses media like movies and TV shows as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors in the relationships portrayed. But this is not to pass judgment on the media that we're discussing. Our goal is to invite young people in Maine to give their perspective and voice their thoughts, opinions, and experiences around what they've seen in media and how it has impacted them or the people they know. Every month, our guest speaker chooses a piece of media where they've noticed some of these behaviors being normalized, and we discuss their thoughts and experiences and how this has impacted them. There are sensitive materials in and spoilers of the media we discuss. Our guest this month is Corey, she, her pronouns, a librarian and one of WERU's DJs for the shows Women's Windows and Daydream Nation. Our conversation around music by the iconic Dolly Parton focuses on two of her most famous songs, Jolene and I Will Always Love You, and some of the problematic themes that Corey noticed in the lyrics. For a little background, the song Jolene focuses on asking a beautiful woman not to steal the singer's partner away, while the song I Will Always Love You presents as a breakup song. If you would like to reach out to us for support or more information, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at one 800 311 555579. If you'd like to reach out for support, but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. I'd like to now introduce Corey for a discussion about a couple of Dolly Parton's classic songs. Our show is all about just kind of breaking down the relationships that we see in media or hear in music. And we kind of talk about how the behaviors that we're seeing between partners might look kind of normalized or maybe even like sweet or cute. And then if those things were happening to us in real life, they actually wouldn't feel that way or be that way. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience growing up was like and seeing things in the media or listening to music and how that kind of impacted you? So I am a millennial through and through. So (laughs) I grew up with like, She's All That as a movie that I loved and which has that sort of classic like, oh, she has glasses, so she's ugly. But if you take them off, she's beautiful or like, it's okay that I lied to you (laughs) about prom or whatever. Like, you're still going to forgive me in the end. Also, like one of my favorite problematic movies (laughs) from when I was younger is 10 Things I Hate About You because you have have this like really amazing strong female character who just does what she wants and is very like centered in herself and yet there's this dude that lies to her a bunch and in the end he buys her a guitar so it's okay like definitely kind of grew up in a space where maybe there were moments of sort of this idea of an empowered person who can sort of control their own life but then there's always sort of this element of it's okay to be lied to as long as they 
love you in the end or like and in music so much of the music I listened to in high school was all about like women breaking a man's heart that really one-sided dimension of music and yeah it took a lot of learning and unlearning to like kind of dissect those things growing up an elder millennial myself and <laughs> I grew up with the same stuff 10 things I hate about you is one of my all-time favorite movies but it is so problematic in so many ways and a lot of the movies that we grew up with have that kind of running theme of I need to change myself to be liked and then what people do to me is fine as long as I get the person in the end and mm-hmm. everything just kind of goes by the wayside and I think that's a very common theme in the media that we grew up with but also in the media that um, young people are growing up with today I don't think much has changed so we are going to talk today about the amazing Dolly Parton (laughs) the very talented very iconic singer and specifically two of her songs Jolene and I Will Always Love You can you talk a little bit about what it was about these two songs that made you say I want to talk about these (laughs) Yeah, first of all, I I have to get it out there that I love Dolly Parton. I think she's incredible. I think she's an incredible songwriter and an incredible person. And this was not a scenario where I was like, finally, I get to drag Dolly for like manipulative songs. That's not the MO here. But I think Jolene is such an interesting song that I've thought about a lot. And there was this musician who wrote a response song to Jolene from Jolene's perspective. And I saw her perform that. And it just made me think more about the song. Like, yeah, what is the dynamic in this song? And and what does it mean to be in a position where you feel like you have no control over your partner and what they're thinking and feeling like that sort of classic comparing yourself to other people. And so I thought that would be a really interesting thing to talk about. And then I Will Always Love You is sort of a song that kind of is an ideal breakup in a way where it feels like this person is saying, this doesn't work anymore, but I still care about you. And like, I think it's good that we're separating rather than sort of a more stereotypical scorched earth (laughs) breakup. But the more I thought about that song in the scenario in which it was written, it made me change my perspective on it just a little bit in terms of what it means in this idea of having to always love someone like maybe you don't need to (laughs) once you part ways and wanted to talk about that more and kind of unpack that there's a lot in these two songs which lyrically they're pretty short songs Mm-hmm. But there is a lot going on in both of them. So I think it's really cool that we get to kind of look at that. And I absolutely adore Dolly Parton too. So this is in no way to drag her or her music. And there's a reason that these two songs have stood the test of time. They're still very well known today. They're mm-hmm. still pretty popular. They're used in a lot of media. But there are definitely some some problematic things happening in them. So is there a lyric or something about Jolene that really like stood out to you first? Yeah, this idea of you can so easily take my man. And she says, like, you could have your choice of men, but I could never love again. This inherent desperation in the song, which I think is so relatable, like feels like when you care about someone and you think that you could lose them at any minute, like what a desperate feeling. And I think that's part of the reason why this song is so popular. But I think that also kind of paints a picture of someone who is maybe not a secure person in the 
themselves and in their relationship and like what leads to that you know how is this man behaving <laughs> in the relationship that would make someone feel so insecure so i think that those lyrics in particular this idea that this person who's just a pretty lady dolly parton says that she wrote this song because there was like a really beautiful bank teller that was flirting with her husband and so kind of taking just like this one moment and turning it into like something that feels so significant to your relationship I think is really interesting yeah I noticed the same thing with the insecurities putting that responsibility onto Jolene for mm -hmm. your relationship and the success of that relationship or your happiness even at one point she says my happiness depends on you when our happiness shouldn't depend on anybody let alone a person who's not even involved in our relationship <laughs> it's really prevalent throughout this that she's putting that responsibility onto Jolene and not having a conversation conversation with her partner or like you said before how is her how has her partner been behaving that's making her feel this way is he behaving in a way that is making her insecure or is this something that she should be reflecting on herself and at one point she talks about him calling out Jolene's name in his sleep and <laughs> I feel like again that's a conversation that should be had with him and not right. with Jolene. And this was based on an interaction with the bank teller. And I think that's something that's really common too in society, where if our partner interacts with somebody who's maybe conventionally very attractive, we need to worry about it. Right. And like if we're out to lunch and our waiter is very attractive and our partner's interacting with them and being friendly, that's something that we've been kind of taught to worry about right. when in actuality we should be being friendly to our waiter right <laughs> it's not it yeah. doesn't mean that anything bad is going to happen because our partner is being nice to the wait staff or the bank mm -hmm. teller or anything like that and right. it's not really fair to put that on the person who's not a part of our relationship mm -hmm. Yeah, it does really feel like it's like a projection of all of these perhaps underlying insecurities within this relationship between two people being projected on this stranger and, and just putting all of this pressure on this person rather than doing the work of being like, hey, <laughs> I feel insecure in our relationship and here are some of the behaviors I've noticed from you that make me feel this way and I'm wondering if we could talk about that and instead poor Jolene just trying to get a paycheck at the bank and <laughs> is annoyingly being wrapped up in all this drama. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that it kind of takes that choice away from the partner too, like saying that Jolene could just take him. Um, mm -hmm. That's not something that is realistic. This is a choice that the other partner has as well. So she doesn't have that power. And mm -hmm. I think that it also kind of feeds into this culture that, you know, have pitted women against each other as well. And it's not always just women, of course, but being a millennial, that's something that I've, I've noticed growing up in that it's always the fault of the other person. Instead of holding the other partner accountable, it's very much the partner who's being affected and the other person who are kind of expected to fight it out. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's a couple of things related to that one, like this idea that Jolene has this power, like you said, in this idea of like giving your power up to someone else or inventing this sort of power that Jolene has, I think is kind of interesting. Just the things that we do to avoid those hard conversations. Oftentimes when we're in relationships where we have that sort of tunnel vision of like, this is the person for me, my life will end if this relationship ends, I don't know what I'll do. And it's so interesting because we simultaneously are putting so much into this one person in relationship and yet giving up any control we have over making it better or feeling more secure in it or like avoiding those conversations to improve this relationship that's supposed to be so very important. And so it's such an interesting pattern that can kind of develop when people feel so insecure in a relationship in that way. I love that you brought that up. There's no communication happening within this situation. And I think that it's something that is glossed over a lot. And it's not just this song. It's in so much of the media that we see where communication is just not prioritized. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so much could be solved if just a conversation was had about, I'm feeling insecure. This is what I'm feeling. How do we fix this and instead Mm -hmm. it's just well Jolene could take my man and I'm going to ask her not to do that when (laughs) (laughs) that's just not healthy or realistic yeah and I think so much stress and anxiety could be resolved for the person writing the song I guess just by like a little check-in combo yeah Yeah. (laughs) you've touched a couple of times on the idea that you could never love again like this is your person and Mm -hmm. This is all you have. And that thought process can be very detrimental to somebody's mental health. If this didn't work out, you're, you know, saying that you couldn't live without this person, that Mm -hmm. could be problematic. And I think that when we are younger and we don't know that life does go on and there are more people out there and there maybe is somebody out there who is perfect for you and it doesn't have to be just this person. If you're just joining in, this is Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill. I'm your host, Carrie Clark, and today we have Corey on to talk about two of Dolly Parton's classics. How do you think that maybe this song specifically might impact somebody who is hearing it for the first time or who is maybe worried about their partner and somebody outside of their relationship? I feel like for someone in that position, it it would likely feel incredibly validating or, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, how is Dolly tapping into my soul and my psyche in this moment so deeply? And I do think desperation or that desperate feeling is so relatable, especially in younger relationships or like when you're younger and in experiencing relationships for the first time, they do feel like the end all be all. And so I feel like this song is sort of an echo chamber in a way for that feeling. And I could really see someone hearing the song and thinking like, oh my God, yes, like I have a Jolene in my life. I have this person that if they dump me, I'm not going to get move on from this. And it feels validating probably in a maybe not great way. Like it's not offering sort of the counterpoint of like, maybe have a conversation with your partner. And like, maybe if they feel like they're not in the relationship at the same level as you are, then it's okay. And like, you can find someone else that is going to be a 
good partner to you. Obviously, it's not offering that sort of sound advice. So it, it must feel very validating, but not perhaps empowering. Validation is not always positive. So it can be validating, but also detrimental. I will say too, like even adults in my life have been in those positions, you know, as you get older, your relationships last longer, and then they sort of turn into like your only worldview. And so I think the idea of like, oh, this really long term relationships ending, like, I don't know what to do. Like this person is my end all be all. And like, I don't know how I'm going to live. So that really bleeds into our lives. Even as we get older, that idea of like, this person is my person. And I think having seen that in real life, the effects of that has really had an impact on me too, where I always feel like I want to just yell into the void, like, no, like you will always find someone else if you want to. Like no relationship is the end all be all for a person. There is always life after a relationship. And that's really important, I think, for everyone to understand. It's so important to keep yourself as yourself. And if you have a partner, that person can be sort of in your orbit, but they don't have to be your son. You know, they can just be a planet in your orbit, no matter how long you're with that person. Yeah, I really love that analogy about, you know, having them be in your orbit, but you're still two very separate people, right? With your own separate hobbies and friends. And this person doesn't need to be your entire world mm -hmm. in that when the relationship potentially ends, so does your world. Right. There is more for you. That's probably a good transition into a song about a breakup. Definitely. So <laughs> I Will Always Love You is actually very short lyrically, but there is a lot to unpack here still. What is it about this song that jumps out at you first? I think really that it presents itself, like I said earlier, a pretty ideal breakup. Like it's sort of a, in a way, like such a good example of saying, you know, hey, this isn't working out. I care about you so much and goodbye. In a lot of ways, that's that's a great way to end a relationship if you can end it that way to just acknowledge that not everything works out and you can still care about a person. Like that's actually seems pretty healthy to me, assuming it was a healthy relationship in general. And I think healthy relationships allow for healthy endings to them too. But then in knowing about some of the background story of this song, it kind of also strikes me as like it's not you it's me kind of a song in a breakup because you know Dolly Parton wrote this for her then business music partner who she was eclipsing essentially as a star like she was becoming more popular than him I think that she knew that she was more talented than him and yet he was trying to kind of hold her back in a way and was, I think, actively suing her while they were still working together and, you know, was being kind of a, a bad partner, business or otherwise, and really trying to sort of dim her light, I guess. And then she wrote this song that really reads as like, no, I'm holding you back. I love you. I care about you, but we, I gotta go. And so that lyric at the beginning says, if I should stay, I would only be in your way. I, you know, that sort of strikes me as like maybe a little bit disingenuine to allow, to 
appease someone when you're trying to end a relationship. And I totally get that instinct, you know, to kind of cushion a blow or even get out of something maybe in a, more easily. But at the same time, I feel like it's so important for people to acknowledge their value. And if someone is hurting them to say, it's not me, it is you. <laughs> And, you know, these are all the reasons why this relationship needs to end. And I care about you, but maybe I won't always love you. <laughs> when you said, it's not you, it's me, that is what I wrote down in my notes. Oh, wow. um, so we, we were on the same page on that. I definitely took it that way. Reading the lyrics, it very much struck me as that. And I like the way that you put it as kind of like cushioning a blow, because that is very much what it seems like is happening here. Um, saying, you know, I do love you. I do. I'm always going to love you, but this isn't working um, and I need to go. Or I'm going to be in your way. Like it kind Kind of is saying I'm putting it on myself and instead of saying you know th these are the reasons why it's not working for me you are hurting me and this is how and I don't deserve to be treated this way I think that's something that we see though and it can be kind of a safety thing right if I put it this way in the it's not you it's me context then maybe they're not going to react poorly maybe they will take it a little bit better but that's also not usually the case either that's not usually what happens if you're being broken up with there's typically some bad feelings it's not usually amicable when you see a breakup it's not completely amicable there's a there's a reason that the breakup is happening and so this I will always love you it's all good you know that's not very <laughs> realistic when you're talking about a breakup so that is kind of troublesome. It is sort of setting up a false ideal of like how breakups happen. They're not usually amicable or they're not, there is usually, you know, maybe someone doesn't want to be broken up with. And it sort of sets, sets up this idea of maybe a, a type of breakup that's pretty hard to attain, <laughs> especially when you're younger and things happen. We, we react with fuller emotions. And I totally get how this would, for a person who maybe hasn't been in many relationships, kind of doesn't give a realistic picture of, of how a relationship might end. Yeah, given that, how do you think that somebody maybe going through a breakup who hasn't experienced a breakup before and they're hearing this, how do you think that might impact how they're thinking about this breakup or how they're feeling about it? I, I could really see someone thinking like, why isn't my breakup like that? Like, why isn't this person who I'm breaking up with or is breaking up with me telling me they'll always love me? Like, I want that. Because when you're breaking up with someone, you're still so close to them. And I would think that it would make me feel bad or that I'm doing the breakup wrong or that my ex-partner is hates me or something because they're not saying I'll always love you. <laughs> So I think it would make a breakup feel harder and this song might not feel so so relatable or, or encouraging. This is the first time that we've really dove into music on this show and I'm really excited about that because I feel like music more than any other type of media is something that people connect with on such a deep personal individual level. We maybe carry with us 
for longer because we're hearing the songs all the time or we're experiencing things and then we're listening to these songs and then that becomes kind of integral to our lives and how we view things or experience things. So I'm really, really glad that you wanted to talk about these songs. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to do more music in the future because I just think that the level of impact is so crucial when it comes to music. Everybody has like a song, right, that they just connect with in such a raw way that we don't get with TV shows or movies. There's just something about music. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we're going through tough relationship times, like breakups or even just rough patches, if we we can surround ourselves with songs that either make us feel worse or make us feel better. And I know a lot of times we might even connect, yeah, like you said with one particular song that really encapsulates how you're feeling in that moment in that time and it could be 10 years later and if you hear that song again it can really transport you right back to that moment and feeling which is so wild and can be for better or for worse I think but yeah music is really powerful and is so guilty of setting up those sort of unhealthy dynamics in relationships or impossible ideals for a relationship because songs are often capturing those extreme highs and lows of of our emotions and how we relate to people. And so it gets hard when we adopt those into like, oh, this is how a relationship is all the time or how I'm supposed to feel all the time rather than like, you know, obviously in moments we feel like, oh, if I lose this person, that's it. But you're not supposed to really feel that way all the time or like, you know, that's not supposed to be the reality. It's like capturing a moment, but then we can kind of cling into it and and really feel like that. That is like the ultimate uh, way that we feel in a relationship. What do you think that young people should keep in mind when they are listening to music like this or, you know, watching TV shows or movies that could maybe help lessen some of these potential negative impacts I think it's important to remember that any kind of media is typically created to be entertaining and engaging and things happen to drive a plot and people don't write songs about stable, healthy relationships because they are not boring, but they are not like the height of our emotions all the time. But we're not supposed to feel extreme emotions all the time. But I think it's important to remember that a lot of those most powerful songs are capturing one tiny moment in time, like one moment where a woman sees her partner flirt with another woman, five minutes of her day, turns into this incredible song that feels so emotional and real because it captured that one one moment of emotion and this idea of like someone essentially like suppressing their feelings to make someone else feel better as they break up with them. I mean, that that is a real thing that people do, but it's not always the kindest thing to do. Clarity is kindness, in my opinion. And like songs are meant to capture specific moments, specific emotions. Um, They're not necessarily always meant to capture like the entirety of a person or a, a relationship. 
I'd like to thank Corey for being our guest speaker this month and having this conversation about relationships and how the examples given in media has impacted her growing up. Some of the things to keep in mind while we're all listening to our favorite music. You have been listening to Relationship Rewind. I'm your host, Carrie Clark, and I hope you'll join us again next month on the third Tuesday from 4.30 to 5, where we will be continuing this conversation and breaking down another relationship in popular media. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcast podcast at weru.org or on the WERU smartphone app. If you are a young person in Maine who is interested in being a guest speaker on the show, have ideas of media we could talk about, or you know of a young person who might be interested, please reach out to me at cclark at nextstepdvproject.org. As mentioned, you can call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579 for more support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. If you'd like to reach out for support, but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. 